Can you hear me now? No? Can't hear me? Yep. We can hear gentlemen. What's that? So we're back. We got, we got Father Brian back. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. The conversation of how do I stay true to my identity as a beloved son or beloved daughter, that that's my identity and we've gone through all those different things. How do I stay true um, to that? What's the role of scripture? What's the role of the sacraments? And you kind of already went into that a little bit, um, but even more kind of what is that engagement into this, particularly I think the sacramental life, I think you had something good there. To... The relationship with the father, you know, he's already committed his son and himself to me. Mm-hmm. I think I have to reciprocate that, that invitation for relationship and love. And one is I have to say, okay, um, a life, a sacramental life is not an option, but is a necessity for me to remain in my sonship, in my identity. So especially the Eucharist and especially the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, I've got to be fed in the Eucharist at mass and I've got to confess my sins. Otherwise, Lots of weird stuff can start happening in your life. Um, the role of scripture is God is speaking to me. That scripture is not a historic. Well, it is a historical book, but it's not a historical book. Okay, the, right. the, the words of scripture are alive and effective. And am I reading them and letting them affect me, mm-hmm. or am I reading them so I can just take them out and use them against? some situation or people, I guess that wraps up to like, am I really open to conversion Mm. or do I, or am I just open to uh, the church fitting into my idea of the church? Am I really open to conversion? Mm -hmm. Um, And then this part is too, is like, I got to look at my life, not just the prayers I do. And if I'm going to mass, I'm going to confession. If I'm reading scripture, Mm -hmm. I got to look at my whole life and say, where I go, what I do, who I spend time with, mm-hmm. is that is that incongruity with my sonship or daughtership? Mm-hmm. Or are there things in my life that say I've rejected being a son or a daughter? So, you know, I'm not asking that lay people, like, sell their homes and live in tents. Mm-hmm. But what is what have you looked at your life? Yeah. You know? And are you living it intentionally as a beloved child of God or are you living it um, for yourself? Mm. So I think there has to be that examination of it. Um, and I, I think there's as people do that, there's a danger that they let their pride come in and they say to themselves, well, I'm, I'm a really good Catholic because of X, Y, and Z. I'm a really, you know, and we all want to be good Catholics. We all want to be good disciples of Jesus Christ. We all want to be good sons and daughters. Um, but is that danger now? Am I, divi- am I causing, am I making divisions? And I'll just go into Galatians 5 yeah. St. Paul's right. pretty darn clear about what the fruits of the Holy Spirit are yep. and what the fruits of the evil spirit are. And I got to tell you, 
I've been around groups of people that have told me that they're good Catholics. Yep. And, and you can identify some fruits of the evil spirit in the way they talk and in the way they act. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're bad people, but just like me, they need conversion too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I'm not willing to look at those passages of the scripture, and I'm not willing to say, man, I'm causing a division here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've let a fruit of the evil spirit grow in my life. I gotta, I have to get into the, the confessional. I've got to get back to mass. I've got to get in prayer, and I've got to beg the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. Help me in love. Bear the fruits of the spirit, not the evil spirit. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Sometimes I think people ignore these basic things. They want to read books about the church fathers, or they want to read. Which is great. There's great, but there's some basic. There's just basic conversion, basic discipleship. That I think gets ignored. Mm-hmm. You know, when I grew up, I played baseball, and the first time that I ever went for little league baseball, we didn't play a baseball game. We spent days learning how to do fundamentals, mm-hmm. and then we put them all together and played a game. Mm-hmm. And when you do that. You can enjoy the game. If you don't take the fundamentals of the faith and and practice them and work on them and make them the foundation of your life, I think that even as a young Catholic, you're always going to be struggling. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't don't know. The older I get, the more I'm like, okay, Lord, I just got to return to the fundamentals because I'm getting out ahead of myself. My pride is telling me I'm better than I am. My pride is telling me I'm holier than I am. My pride is telling me I know all this stuff. And I just keep tripping over my own weaknesses, and I keep sinning, Mm -hmm. and I keep hearing the Lord say, prayer, sacraments, life of charity, fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. For confession, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, For confession, you, you mentioned it. Um, just curious, you know, the church says once a year, but as a disciple growing closer to the Lord, um, what would be, you know, a good practice of being available, going to confession kind of? Um, yeah, you know, the the church says once a year for our mortal sins. Right. You know, um, they kind of hold that out as the minimum. Right. You know? I think a good practice is monthly. Okay. Yep. I don't think I don't think that that's an undue burden. Right. Um, I think that going monthly and being able to confess your sins um, helps you have the freedom and the openness of heart to receive God's love. It really, I think, it has a transformative effect on people. I think the re- your reception of the Eucharist then. The effect of the the Lord is able to to affect a greater, deeper conversion in your heart when you've cleared the path for Him through confession. You know, or actually, He's cleared it for you. Right. Yeah, he does His work. Um, yeah, I think monthly. Part of that is I, I kind of grew up that way. My parents would take okay. our family monthly. I think it's a good practice. I don't think it makes you negative, just focusing on um, the negative aspects of your life. I do think also that people need 
to focus on sometimes in their lives. Well, not sometimes, but as much as you would do an examination of conscience to prepare yourself for confession, have you done an examination where you've recognized, where you've cooperated with the grace of God? Mm. And that you're building hope and encouragement in your life by acknowledging God's love in you and the effect that it has in you. Um, sometimes I think we can, and I, again, I'm, I'm watching you go to confession. Sometimes I think if we only focus on where we've been a sinner, we miss the places where God's grace has penetrated our lives right. and has made, had an effect in a transformative effect on it. So I think combination, monthly confession, maybe a monthly examination of where you saw God at work in your life and then praising him that you were able to open your heart to him and respond to his love. And that builds hope, that builds encouragement, that builds excitement and enthusiasm for the life of grace and the life of a discipleship. Uh, it, it connects you with the joy of Christ in his passion, death, and resurrection. Nice. Nice. Uh, what, yeah, you just kind of mentioned the Paschal Mysteries there. Um, what role of how do I stay true to my identity as, you know, beloved sons and daughters does the, does the Paschal Mystery or does the life, death, and resurrection of, you know, Jesus play into that into my day? I think once when you're a rector, um, you know, you, you kind of said, um, you know, an entire... Uh, day can be the life, especially as a priest, but um, even as a lay folk, how can you have a whole entire life of Jesus kind of in your uh, experience of your day? Yeah, well, his, the Paschal ministry is key. Mm -hmm. uh, without it, I'm left. Right. I'm, le I'm, I'm left in my sin and my death. Yeah. You know? yep. And life, life looks pretty bleak. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I guess if I'm left there, then I suppose I would just turn to seeking pleasure, mm -hmm. earthly pleasure. Right. But I think, but the Paschal ministry is the key. It's the key to freedom. Right. Um, and I can experience, there's, like, if I'm a layman, if I'm a, let's say I'm a layman, I'm married, I have a wife, I have a family. You know, I, every day I could experience maybe there's some suffering of mm -hmm. Christ, some suffering of Christ in my family that I'm experiencing every day, and that Jesus is drawing me close to himself on the cross, and he's asking me to imitate his love in that suffering, you know? There's, I think, in the day, as if I'm a married layman, I'm going to find the joy of new life in my family and in my wife. As a priest, I find that all the time. I find <clears throat> the suffering that there is in parishes among the people and sometimes the suffering of the community mm -hmm. that I have to enter into with love and not run away from or ignore. And I also find like tremendous joy of the new life of people in the community, of things happening in their lives. I had two baptisms last weekend to the joy of... You know, I love it in that new baptismal rite. It says the number of baptized will increase today. Mm. You know? and, and that's pretty cool because, yeah, that's right. Another beloved Woo! son, another beloved daughter yeah. for our Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ, passion, death, and resurrection. Boom, effective right there. Yeah. <coughs> right. 
But I think they're, you know, it, it's, it's there. And that's where the relationship in prayer hmm. helps me recognize God's presence <clears throat> so that I don't get to a point where I'm like, oh, the day was a bad day. Right. Why has it been a bad day? Because I forgot Christ's presence. Mm. Okay. It, okay. Maybe the the rough things, the challenges, the suffering didn't go away, but acknowledging Jesus' presence with me can be transformative in that. Mm-hmm. And and how much more deeply could I enjoy my triumphs and my victories when along my lips are the recounting of those things, but also the praise of God. Right. And that these are, <coughs> in a sense, fruits of divine grace and love in my life. Um, yeah. So. Nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good insight. Perfect. Uh, I guess another one, um, you know, we suffering Christ. How do we, you know, you, you gave the option, and it's sort of typically our tendency as fallen is to run from suffering. Um, you just speak about the the suffering Christ, and how do we how do we enter into that dynamic as a beloved son or as a beloved daughter? Um, well. I mean, I don't have a short answer for that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Or just your thought in general of, you know, the direction you would go with that. It's kind of an interior practice that sometimes is hard, sometimes hard to put into words. And when you do, it sounds very trite. Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds like a simple formula or just some words to get people out of your way. Or stop bothering you. So yeah, I can get that. That's that's my that's my disclaimer and preface for right. this next. Like you don't want to say just offer it up, right? Like just offer it up. Well, that yeah. You know. <laughs> if you understand what offer it up means, right? Exactly. To, yep. to enter in my suffering into the love of God. Yeah, I want to offer it up into the love of God. Yeah, and and to say from a place as a son or daughter, Father, help me. Mm. You know, Father, Father, help me. I need to know you are here. I need your help in this suffering. I don't want to be alone. Mm. Okay, Jesus. Jesus says, you know, he says in John's Gospel, depending on what translation you want, you're reading. He says either I will never leave. You'll you'll never be left alone, or you'll never be left an orphan. Mm. So I mean, that means that he wants to be there. And I think you have to tell people, God wants to enter into the suffering with you. He's not afraid of your suffering. He's not afraid of how you may react in suffering. He's not afraid of your doubts. Um, he's not afraid. He wants to enter into it with you. And I don't know. I mean, that's not very eloquent or... We're not trying to be... I don't know, or even very deep, maybe, but... It just seems to me that's the simple answer to it, yeah. is that I need to call out like a child would call out for his parent. Help I, me. I really like that image. That's an awesome image of just mom and dad, I need you, or dad, you know, I just, I need you right now, and I don't want to be alone, and you're not <laughs> leaving me alone, but that real sense of being with the suffering Christ, yeah. It, it, you know, you guys have seen this, and a lot of, everybody has seen this. They've mm-hmm. seen a child hurt mm-hmm. 
you know, they get a boo-boo or something, whatever. Yeah. They want to run into their parents. They want to mm-hmm. physically be con- in contact with their parents mm-hmm. because they want to know that someone else, and they're, I mean, when you're two, you're probably not thinking this, right. but, you know, as you reflect on it as you get older, you want to know someone else will embrace you in your suffering. Mm-hmm. Someone else who loves you will be with you in that suffering. And I think, that's where you got to say like father help me jesus i need to know you're present to me mm-hmm. you know and even and not even qualify by i need to know you're present to me by this way or that way just i need to know you're present i need your help right um and i don't know i i, I don't know if that comes right away i you know we can say it we can preach it People can listen to it. Yeah. People might, you know, can listen to it on this podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it's experienced and God wants, you know, he wants to give you the experience, and yeah. I'm going to just leave it at that and not yep. say it this way or that way or yep. warm fuzzies or happy thoughts. I don't yeah. know. Whatever it might be for you. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that experience then is transformative right once i experience god with me in my suffering embracing me in love in my suffering i don't know it changes right yeah it's that a level of intimacy of alone in it is gone right it's that level of intimacy that yeah. all of a sudden happens kind of yep yeah and that's where I think a lot of times we just, you know, looping back, <laughs> yeah, to preach the incarnation, yeah, you know, right. It's just not this. God is not off in a distance. Mm-hmm. God is here mm-hmm. every day at every mass. He gives Himself to me for my eternal life. Mm-hmm. You know? right. Food for the journey. Yep. Every time I go to confession. He pulls me on the cross and says to me, I forgive you and I love you and see how much. Right. And then I can witness him crucified and die. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when it, I don't know if people think about confession that way, of being grasped by Jesus and brought face to face with him on the cross. And he looks at them and says, I'm here suffering and dying because I love you and I forgive you. Right. You know, uh, that's powerful stuff. Right. That's so beyond. Yeah. The mystery. I just love it. It's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's a plug to read the Church Fathers. They're yeah. awesome at that. Church Fathers. They're, they're awesome at giving these kind of really like earthy, down, sort of down to earth, like very human images. You know? Maybe um, we can do a Church Fathers so, series after. So, so as Bishop Barron was my teacher at Mundelein, I would say, go to the library right now and read some church fathers. <laughs> we'll shut off this podcast and go to the library right now and read some church fathers. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Go to newadvent.org or .com, whatever. They have all the church fathers there. They have, um, or if you're old like me, go find a book. Is what's a word? book, Father Tom? What's a book? <laughs> <laughs> a book, something you can use even if you don't have electricity. Oh, that's good. That's good. When you don't have batteries and all that stuff. No internet. No. 
when there's no no charger port around, they there's still no... work. Oh man. Really enjoyed all that Father Tom had to share with us there about how do I stay true to my identity as a beloved son or daughter. And then also I just kind of my takeaway was that examine life, um, to examine my life in a positive way and not just focusing on my sinfulness or on my fallenness, but to focus on, as we were told in IPF days, God laboring to love us. How is God laboring to love me today? And really saying in my life, uh, God's reflection of his own life. How does that love work? So, Father Tay, anything else that you uh, have to add? Um, you know, no. Um, what, what, what I wanted to add quickly is that, you know, God's love for us is real and true. And sometimes it takes time to really look at what are impeding me from receiving God's love. And know that God always looks at us like a, like a father looks at his children lovingly. So whatever lies present to you, you know, scratch it. That's the truth. You are loved by God, and you can, you will always be loved by him. Which is a perfect segue, because the following week is uh, what hinders us um, from receiving this love and identity. And then one or two tools uh, to talk about somewhat getting into a little bit of inner healing type prayer things um, that are there for the Lord in the Holy Spirit. So thanks for joining the Practical Rambling Fathers for our little Lenten retreat here. Hope it's been fruitful. Let us know. Leave some comments. Let us know what's fruitful, what has Amen. been happening to you in prayer. Just to give us some feedback if we should do something like this again.